0: Welcome to the Planet Microcap Podcast. I'm your host Robert Kraft. Thank you all so much for the support and for tuning in. Do me a quick favor if you like what you hear at Planet Microcap. Please take two seconds and give us five stars on Spotify or Apple. This helps with the search engine so that more folks can also discover and engage with all things microcap stocks. Also, be sure to subscribe to our newsletter on Substack. It's microcapnewsletter.substack.com. You will be notified of every piece of content that we put out there from Planet Microcap, as well as the due diligence series, as well as our weekly uh, index updates. So microcapnewsletter.substack.com. Now, up next, we have the Planet Microcap Showcase Vegas happening April 30th through May 2nd, 2024 at the Paris Hotel and Casino. We just announced our first keynote and speaker, Andrew Walker, host of the Yet Another Value podcast. will be back to host a keynote Q&A with legendary small and microcap investor, Bob Rabadi. This is a conversation you will definitely want to see in person. Our event brings together the best investors and thought leaders in microcap quality microcap investing opportunities, and above all else, the most fun and highest return on your time that you could ask for. There's more announcements to come, but registration is open. If you'd like to register, participate, please visit planetmicrocapshowcase.com. See you in Vegas. Now, my guest on the show today is Sam Namiri partner and portfolio manager at Ridgewood Investments. Today's conversation is Sam and I catching up on the year that was in 2023 and the year ahead in 2024. He's a frequent guest on the show and was one of my first friends when I started in this business all the way back in 2011. I always enjoy hearing his perspective on the microcap markets as he's one of the hardest working investors I know. Sam turns over every rock, will take as many meetings as possible, and works tirelessly to find that next great microcap stock. Thank you again for tuning in to the Planet Microcap Podcast, and please enjoy my interview with Sam Namiri. Sam, good to see you, man. Happy New Year. Likewise. Happy New Year, Bobby. See you right. and your fam. Thank you to you and yours as well. Look at us, dude. We're back. It's 2024. And, uh, you know, look. I, I mean, we made it, you know, like we can start there. We just
1: we made it. We've survived. Are we back to like normal yet? Or, you know, know. post COVID? <laughs> I, I
0: mean, maybe, I don't know. I, I feel like uh, we should go to every hotel and, and ask them. Um, I, think they, I think they would probably say, oh, yeah, for sure. You know, but then why is my cost of everything up, you know, 20%? It's like, oh, dude, just don't worry about it. Don't worry about that. It's, it's, it's fine. But, you know, listen, you're one of my favorite guests to have on the show to just jam on microcaps, just jam on the sector, just everything going on. So I figured I'd start off, you know, we're still, you know, relatively early in 2024. We could still talk about the year that was. So, you know, 2023, how was it for you? What did you see your initial takes? And then we'll go from there.
1: Sure. Um, I would say 2023 was the year of big the big caps especially the biggest caps right um and so you know you look at the nasdaq returns you look at s&p returns you know nasdaq did great um and the s&p did amazing as well. i mean not as good but you know in the 20 you know i think it was mid 20% returns um you know those did well and most of it was from you know a, a handful of names five or six different different investments that you know, did amazingly well. So really it was the, you know, the the, the year of big cap and it was not the year of micro cap. That's for sure. No. So the, the,
0: the magnificent seven just held up everything.
1: Yeah. And like, especially, you know, I noticed in, you know September, October, November. You know, the, not really much December. Let's say probably like mid December it, it, it reverted, but there was a lot of it seemed like tax loss selling during that time period, and it seems to be happening a little bit earlier and earlier every single year. Um, and so that you know, in hindsight, that would have been a great opportunity to get into a lot of micro caps because you know the last two three weeks of the year. Things turned around but wow that stuff is so so hard to time like who knows how that's going to work out you know the fed says something different in their last meeting and you know things may go down keep going down further so um you know that's why i think at the end of the day a lot of people in the microcap space are you know stock pickers we're not macro forecasters you know so anyway i mean that's that's what i'd say the story was was like you know liquidity or illiquidity really hurt the microcap space. You know, people were were pushing, you know, getting out. And I think, you know, when it comes to like you know, outside money, foreign money, like the U.S. is the place, is the safest place to put capital. And again, that rush towards, it doesn't rush towards microcaps. You know, people aren't thinking microcaps are the safest place to put your money. So I think, you know, at some point, that spread has to balance out, I believe. And so that's why I think 2024 will be, is, you know hopefully it can be a great year for microcaps where that does happen because when you look at the metrics you know price to earning multiples ev to ebitda multiples things of that sort when you look across the different indexes you know Mike, it, it's hard to get information on microcaps but at least on the small cap versus large cap scale or, or spread you know those those are at historically high spreads where you know the russell 2000 looks very cheap compared to the s&p when you look over a historic period of time like that the The spread of the multiple is very, very wide right now.
0: I was gonna say, yeah, I just got an article for the next issue of Planet Microcap Review from uh, Chris Satterthwaite from uh, Verdad Advisors, and he was, and I was like, what are what are the metrics that are pointing towards why 2024 might be. And it's you know I, maybe I shouldn't give that away. That's in the magazine. Like you should wait till the magazine <laughs> comes out. So well, I'll tell you, I'll you know I'll yeah. just say that Sam is pretty much on the money. That, that was it, a sneak. That was it, a sneak it,
1: peek. Yeah, you
0: know? you, I'll I'll say that. Yeah, exactly. So I mean, look, Sam, what, you're you're somebody that does arguably more not just one on ones because you do a ton of one on ones at my conference, but also management calls. I mean, if you're going to be in the microcast space, you better be doing. I mean, not better. I take that back. I would, <laughs> but, yeah. I, but I know that you do as part of your due, due due diligence process. You know, what was kind of the tenor in some of your conversations with management teams? You know, because some of them, I'm sure it was, they're, they're out of excuses, right? Like, I think I, we did a couple of pods last year talking about how most CEOs, like you can't talk about, you know, uh, COVID or, you know, because that's more or less done or um, supply chain. That's more or less been figured out, you know, so now 2023 was kind of the year 2024 as well, where it's like, OK, put up or shut up. Let's go. So yeah. what, was that kind of the nature of some of your conversations this year?
1: You always hear excuses. No, <laughs> that, no that, doubt. That, Those that, are the two that, main That ones. never stops. That was probably the 60 percent. I mean, first, <laughs> let's let's start off with like the broader point of like, you know, talking to management teams. You know, I do it, but I know some people who absolutely never do it. And the reason is, is they don't want to have, you know, they don't want to get um, biased, right? And start thinking a certain way. And so I I get that. And I think at the end of the day, like you want to know the truth, right? And so you're, you're talking to these management teams and you don't know if what they're telling you the truth, what they're telling you is the truth, but like you triangulate it, right? That's at least the goal. Um, and also like you do, like, you know, you have the gut test as well too, to say, hey, like, does this make sense what they're saying? Um, things of that sort. But like... I would say in microcap space, um, you know, a lot. Of, I, I still do com- talk to companies that are still running through issues from COVID. For instance, like they may have purchased way too much inventory, and you know that that demand hasn't come back to where it was during that time period, or they purchased too much inventory because they were having you know delays in their supply chain. Like the supply chain delays aren't really there anymore. Um, the, again, there are a few sectors like there's certain like chips that are still hard to get. Um, or, you know, some companies went out of business. So like the prices are still going higher because again, there's no, there's no supply for, you know, a certain component. Like if you had gone from a, a, if you have a component that had three suppliers and now it's down to two, and then let's say one of them, their factory's down, you know, like they're going to have a problem. So, you know, you still run into that, but that, that happened before COVID as well too. So that isn't too different. Um. I would say the other thing is, you know, the infrastructure bill, I think I mentioned it, you know, at your last conference, Um, the infrastructure bill, you know, it's starting to starting to like, kick in and get into effect. So I think there are some companies I've talked to that are that are excited about that, um, and the effects of that going forward. And I think, you know, in general, a lot of my conversation in 23 was how much of an effect regulations have had, you know, on their businesses, whether positive or negative. Again, I I consider infrastructure bill, um, you know, a regulation in a way. Um, But like, you know, fast food workers now in California, it's minimum wage $20, right? That's going to have an effect on that. Um, You know, it's going to have an effect in other ways too, like, you know, robotics, right? Like now the ROI on, you know, investing in a capital project to bring in some automation in a restaurant, you know, the math pencils out easier for that to, to actually happen. So, um, you know, that's going to benefit, you know, can you find the right companies where that benefits? I know there's a company, um, I don't think they're public, but like Flippy has been in the news, right. Where it like, you know, it, it cooks, you know, it cooks like burgers or it does like fries or like certain other, you know, applications that are, you know, kind of dangerous as well. Cause the oil flies around, but anyway, so like that, that type of stuff, um, I think will help, you know, I, I think more recently in the news, I saw, um, you know, Biden is looking to pass a regulation against gig workers where it like classifies them differently. um, So that, you know, again, like forget about Uber and Lyft drivers, um, but like think about the ancillary, like the ancillary businesses, like whether you're like renting a car to them or insurance to those drivers, right? Like how does that change, right? And and so like a ruling like that can make so many effects on so many different businesses um, where... You know, like it's it's hard to tell, right? And so that's where I think there's opportunity in in the microcap space, um, but also there's risk as well too, right? So like a, a business model can completely fall apart based off of based off of a ruling like that. So, um, yeah, I mean, I, th- I think that's that's kind of what I've been hearing, and you know what kind of goes through my my mind currently right now. Um, but at the end of the day, it's it's like, hey, how can we turn over the most rocks? How can we find something that you know, is undiscovered or is priced just incorrectly, right? Some sometimes things are discovered, but you know, human emotion moves moves people from one way to another. Um, I, I think that's that's kind of like how I've, I've seen or heard of what's going on in the world. Um, you know, going into twenty twenty
0: four. Absolutely. You know, another question I have to ask is: Listen, I we've been, I feel like we've grown up a little bit together in this space. You know, I mean, we've been going to conferences together for. <sighs> I mean I started 13 years ago now I think maybe you were a few years ahead of me um right only a few because we're both we're both 25 um at this point um, <laughs> but in terms you know speaking on regulation just kind of looking at just the you know this this is a topic that I talked about I think with Cromwell a little bit and also just and you know talking in our daily talking to everybody in microcapses has to do with Supply. You know, and a lot of companies, I mean, there's been a, a little bit of MA specifically in Canadian microcaps. That's been happening a lot. We did an interview with Matthew Martin talking about that, you know, and now you're, you know, you're starting to see a lot of these companies on NASDAQ doing reverse. I mean, that it's that's always been the norm, right? In order to stay on NASDAQ, they do these reverse splits, whatever. But it seems like it's been happening a lot more frequently, I think, especially in the latter half of last year, you know, and some of these companies, you know, probably voluntarily go into the QB or the QX or just delist all together maybe not necessarily go private but just delist because they don't want to deal with the public public market costs and all that all that good stuff. So I'd love to hear your take there. I mean, have you been starting to uncover new names or have you been looking now mostly at names that you've known maybe 5 years ago that maybe are just looking a lot cheaper than they did?
1: Yeah, um to be honest, like it's more like happenstance, you know, like what What I end up looking at, um, I I look at both. I have like watch lists and things of that sort that are constantly being added and removed. And it's like, you know, sometimes things get removed, and you know, someone brings it up to me, you know, when we're chatting about about names, or I see it like in the news, or I see something, and you're like, hey, you see a news article, and you're like, okay, well, does this does this company like? Let me go look at how this company's done or what what valuation it's at. This makes sense. So, um, it it's it's a I'd say it's a mixture of both um in that in that aspect i'd say one of the bias my own personal biases right now that i'm trying to go through is you know a lot of things were quite cheap at the beginning of december and it's gone up now and it's like well just because it's gone up some degree like should that stop me from from buying it right um and the other aspect is what should i sell now as well too so like sell discipline i think is probably one of the hardest things um Because, like, you hear stories of, you know, companies that go up, you know, 15, 20, 100x, whatever it is, right? And it's like you you have to suffer through some drawdowns typically to get there. Um, And so there's this whole never sell mentality, right? Oh, you find this great business, you never sell. But, like, you know, there are a lot of – there's probably more companies where, you know, they go up and they come down and they never go back up again, right? And so, like (sighs) – it's a balance of like understanding, hey, like which businesses are these ones that have everything working for them, you know, especially in the long term that that'll work out regardless, and then which ones are the ones that, you know, there's a price you should sell it at, and when you get that price, like you should be comfortable selling it. If it goes higher, that's great, but, you know, you you sold it at you know a reasonable uh, at a reasonable price. Um, so I think you know that that's that's probably like where you know i'm constantly thinking about right now less about like is it old names or a new name again it's more it's easier to get comfortable with an old name because you've done a lot of the work um and like what what made what spurred that to me was like there are some newer names that i've been looking at and they ran up on me and so like i'm like do i keep doing the work to get more comfortable with it at this higher price or is it worth it for me to to move on to the next one and so yeah. You, you, I kind of have a mixture of both <laughs> when it comes down to it. So No,
0: that's a fair point. And dude, it was, it. it's so funny that it, you saw, I mean, uh, most of us who pay attention, like this last December, a month, month and a half to close out the year. You're right. That was, it was a, it was an interesting, I guess, I don't want to say phenomena because you know, anything can happen in any year, right? Like yeah. it, it's not, it's just it goes against what we more normally used to, where you know it's just December is just usually a, a terrible month for microcaps, you know, for tax oh. loss. Well, just getting rid of your losers in general, but you know, usually it's microcaps. Um, and, and just ta- kind of doing the tax loss. Stuff. Cause when we did the year end pod with with Paul and, and Jason and uh, and oh my gosh, and Maj, you know, that was one of the things that we were talking about too, is just like, Hey, there's been a ton of momentum in the last few weeks here. So that, that's pretty yeah. interesting that, you know, if you weren't paying attention, you know, Oh shoot. There we go. Yeah, so, so, we go.
1: I'm one, so I I mean, to me, it just felt like people just did their tax loss selling earlier. Yeah. And then, no, and then it was sure. like that once that was done, you know, like no one wanted to be the last one, you know, doing the tax loss selling. So I guess once that was done, it was like, Oh, Fed said something positive. Let's let's go. <laughs>
0: I was like, oh, everyone's on vacation. We don't have to worry about this now. You know, don't worry about it. Like, we don't have to think about this round. Well, another question I have for you is because I know you're a generalist. You know, I, I know you you don't focus specifically on one sector in small micro caps at all. You know, but what what would you say are some interesting takeaways from various sectors that you were looking at or that you ended up? You know, taking a position in a couple companies or one company in 2023, and maybe your thoughts on that going into 2024. Remember, we don't have to go into individual names; just you know, your own your own sector takes.
1: Sure. Um, You know, I think I think there's opportunities in like financials, like the banking sector. I think um, you know, I I think a lot of the smaller, uh, I say small, but like small cap and up banks. um, You know, after the whole. Silicon Valley Bank and Signature Bank, you know, and uh was it First Republic, after those, you know, those issues, right? Like they were all cheap. Like the whole banking sector was cheap. But the small cap and, and bigger banks seem to have rebounded um to some degree. And I don't see that as much in the micro cap banks. Um, so like that I think has an opportunity. Um again, like it's hard to find good good banks with like good CEOs and stuff um and good capital allocators there and that have good underwriting because at the end of the day that's what's important for banks is cheap cost of capital right can they get good deposits um and then also do they do they lend right like conservatively um in in good you know and have like a good a good value where if the loan goes bad right like they they have protection there so like that's really what it comes down to um and so one of my bigger, bigger investments is in, is in a bank and is in a micro cap bank. Um, That's pretty, it's a pretty niche bank as well. That came out with pretty solid results this year. Um, Again, what, what becomes tough is the end of last year. Again, if you're like a somewhat conservative CEO, if you give guidance, right, you're not going to give like, you know, unattainable guidance. So, Unfortunately, that hurts the stock because then, like, if there's any analysts covering it, or just in general, like when they give the guidance, you know, people are like, oh man, I was expecting your old guidance, and now you're, you know, you're you're changing it, or I was expecting some growth, and now you're saying there's going to be like a little bit of growth and not a lot of growth, right? And so, um, I th- the, the the particular name I'm in, that's what happened to it. So it didn't like get the benefit of maybe you know the bounce back that these other banks have gotten. So, um. But, yeah, I mean, like, again, when the Fed goes and says interest rates, you know, we plan on, on having a few cuts next year. That that works. That's good for banks and, you know, a lot of other businesses as well, too. So um, I get why the market ripped at the, at the, towards the end of the year after that announcement.
0: Bring on the speculation, baby. Yeah, it's, yeah. All, it's, it's all coming back.
1: <laughs> and, and I think, um, you know, kidding. just also, I don't know, all, I don't know
0: that for sure. This
1: also, goes. also, like kind of going back to like you talked about, you know, these companies like doing reverse splits, stay on NASDAQ, things of that sort. What's really exciting and what what's kind of shifted over the last, you know, th- I'd say before COVID, like the decade before, there were less and less public companies, right? It just kept shrinking, 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 shrinking acquisitions, going private, things of that sort. And you know, COVID changed that because, you know, the stock market was ripping, companies were getting ridiculous valuations. Um, so everyone went public, right? Everyone's backed did all this stuff and so now you know you see the remains of that um which is which is exciting and i think that's what you know as a microcap space like a lot of these companies maybe were small caps and now are micro caps, and so it's like hey like is there anything valuable there that we can you know pick at really like the the slim pickings at the end of the day what's left over so um you know I, i think I think that's what's super exciting. Um, And again, I think from the peak, I think twenty twenty two is probably the peak, and now we're going to start shrinking again in terms of. I think we have been shrinking in terms of, um, you know, how many public companies there have are, and especially the smaller ones as well too. I think those will be, you know, that that's more volatile. I'd say in terms of number of companies, but um, again, like I mean, international, there's great opportunity. the one thing that i think hasn't been talked about i think it's been about a year and a half maybe like a year a year and a half or so is um the dark micro caps right like now it's much more difficult to trade them because you have to be in this expert market um i haven't really played around with it much but you know i think there is probably some good opportunities there um again very risky because you don't they don't file right so like you don't know like what actually you know like you have to make huge assumptions as to what you know their financials look like, um, but I think again there's an opportunity for companies. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm assuming there's opportunity there to like to to do stuff um, because again like on I, I trade through interactive brokers, and if a company stops filing or some some issue happens with them, they go onto the expert market, and I can only sell the stock right. So when you're in a position where you can only sell something, right, that usually gives downward excessive downward momentum where it goes, you know, you would think too far in, the, in, in that other direction. So um, the problem is that you need to get off that expert market <laughs> at some point. So that's, that's really the catalyst. So that, that would be more like a event driven strategy um, or a, an investment. Right. And so I think that I haven't heard much about that, you know, since, Honest- since that went into. Yeah.
0: I honestly, I, I, I mean, I talked to Cromo about a little bit on our pod um, but I think, there, my take was that the main perspective was that obviously they want to either you know all these dark companies either QB QX pink even or okay. just stay dark right and I think they're really trying to de incentivize people to even participate in those I, I'm curious I should bring I should talk to Dan Shem again and have him on uh, I'm curious yeah. as to what what his uh, him and also uh yeah i should i should bring that up but you also brought up the point about you know some of these like quote unquote fallen angels too right now and i actually have been having a lot more conversations with those types of companies like well-known brand name type companies that are now you know sub 300 million market cap i'm not saying they're like they're not the smallest of the small but still sub 300 million market cap that are now you know looking around in our neck of the woods because they recognize that you know, with we want to go in, and talk to an audience like yours, or just be in front of as many you know small microcap investors, because you guys tend to have more of a, you know more of a long term focus, you know, and that's where we want to build out our shareholder base again, rather than you know folks that are you know the bigger the bigger institution will talk to them anyway right now, right? Yeah. And also they're just they don't want to be amongst the you know short termism that type of crowd.
1: So so, no, so that's so that's been
0: pretty interesting.
1: So like one company that's, that stands out and I can talk about it cause it's not public anymore is uh blue apron. So I met with yeah, blue apron, yeah. yep. um, it was August or so. Mm-hmm. And like literally, um, like, every, I, I, you know, most people was, know about blue apron. I was, right?
0: I was trying to get them on the, on the due diligence. So we were, <laughs> I, I talked to their IR guy, like it was a couple months back and forth where we were going to do it. You know, cause I mean, obviously everybody and their mother knows the blue apron story. Like they basically started the you know, meals, meal service, all that yeah. kind of stuff. But anyways, I, I I cut you off,
1: go. So like I met with them and, you know, I was like, wow, like your market cap is like, I think they were like 40 or 50 million or so. And so it was like, wow. But again, they had, they had a lot of debt, um, things of that sort. So it was like, it was, and they were still losing money at the time, but, you know, private equity came, a pri- I think a private equity firm came and bought them like about a month after I met them. Um, at a pretty decent premium versus the price it was at then. So, um, you know, they were making some changes, they were cutting costs, they brought in new executives, um, you know, that seemed to be doing at least what the right, the right things. But yeah, I mean, like, I think there are more opportunities like that out there. Um, I think, and again, that one, like the risk reward, because they had so much debt, like the risk was, you know, they could go into bankruptcy, obviously. Um, but like, I think there are good opportunities out there because some of these companies, they raised so much cash, right, during when they went public that, you know, they still have, you know, if you can get a clear path to, like, break even, right, it's like some of them may be even trading less than cash. So I think that's, um, you know, I think it's important there to, like, actually do the due diligence, meet with the management teams, understand their plans, and get a sense of, hey, does this make sense? Like, is this achievable or not, right? Um, And again, like, I think, I think me and Maj were talking about it when we, when we chatted at some point, it's like those companies that go from losing money to making money, like that inflection point in their stock price is huge, right? Because now you're bringing in all these new investors who are like, you know, they see the light to some degree, right? And it's harder to see the light when you're like, you know, losing, burning cash. So, um, you know, if you could find those and, you know, I I think and time it, I think it's finding and timing it, right? um, that's, that's a great opportunity.
0: Totally. And you know what, good brands don't grow on trees. You know, if it's a no, like if if it's a brand that maybe it's for a product that I don't even use, but I know the brand, you know, that, that, I mean, not to use it so personally anecdotally, but you know, that means probably other people that don't use the, the product also know the brand and that's, there's some value there. You know, even yeah. maybe it's just a, they have to fix things operationally, or they have a new plan in place. You know everything that you just said. So that's 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 actually been pretty interesting to me. You know what else? I mean, anything else having to do with twenty twenty three that we missed that was interesting to you that you saw that funny conversation or I don't know and anything having to, to wrap on a twenty twenty
1: three. Uh let's maybe see. 20, one, maybe, of my, maybe, one of my maybe. one of my favorite conferences. I thought you did a your conference was really good in Thanks, Vegas. Man. You know you. I, 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 th- I thought the quality of companies was solid um you know the number of companies was great and so that that was uh you know Dude. and the people and the people there like just chatting with you know other investors and you know other companies and other you know IR guys and stuff like that in the field we're right we're right
0: on track for 2024 as well man it's yes yeah, yeah, right. we're we're pretty pumped which by the way Planet microcap showcase Vegas April 30 through May 2nd 2024 mm-hmm. I'm like the most annoying plug person of all time sorry no, Sam continue but, but,
1: but let's you know let's make it I, even better you know yeah, like just, let's, just keep going in that direction try man um i don't know like what what did we miss from 2023 i don't know i think i think we pretty much hit it um you know hopefully 2024 treats the microcap market a little bit better hopefully you know people find the opportunity or they see you know what the momentum that's starting to go go up you know it keeps kind of going up um and you know at the end of the day it's going to be earnings is going to drive things right so it's like what yeah. direction does earnings go right um i mean you would hope so earnings and multiple right that's really the two ways to 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 make money or to to grow your valuation so um you know hopefully things go well there i i hope that you know the other thing that not many people have talked about is like you know when when a company needs to refinance if they have some debt right like what does that look like to a company and how does that hurt it um that's going to be interesting i think there's some tax changes i think um you know some of the tax rules that were changed when Trump was president, some of those are starting to fall off. So, um, you know, that may affect some companies. I mean, it will affect some companies. So like depreciation, like there was some bonus depreciation that used to be able to take hundred percent off in terms of taxes. Now, I think it's starting to like step down where it's not hundred percent. I can't remember if it's like 80% or 60% right now. Um, so I think that'll affect some like, you know, bigger purchase, purchase decisions, um, from companies on the margins. So I, again I think um, you know, like if you're if you're, you know, I love looking at macro stuff and then seeing where the micro gets affected, right? Um, and that I, I think there's opportunities there. And so it's important to like follow things like, you know, regulations and taxes because, you know, it, it'll affect the cash that your, you know, your your business generates, right? Um or in, in terms of whether it sells something where, where it affects the taxes to the customers or to their own business, their bottom line. So, um, you know, I think, I think that's going to be interesting to see, you know, what other things are passed in an election year, what's brought up, what's talked about. Right. Um, I, I, I think it's going to be, you know, the other other aspect, just going back, sorry, I'm going on a tangent here, but like going back to sectors, you know, um, there's a ton of businesses out there that make money, off of the political season, right? Like like the election year. Um and so, you know, even in the the congressional races in 2022, um, you know, I think that was like the highest the highest amount of like ad spend for instance that year. Um that was that, that's a non-presidential year, right? And so uh, everyone's expecting this year to be the highest for a presidential year as well too, regardless. And I think like California for instance has some some I think their Senate race is is up is up for grabs um after Diane Feinstein passed away. Right. So like that's gonna be a huge spend as well too. Um, so anyway, I think I think there's some opportunities in some stocks in the microcap space where where you know you can, you know, people I guess forget to some degree, you know, how much money these companies can make during these years. Um, because no one's looking at you know four years over four years comparison, right? Uh, everyone's looking year over year so it's like wow like you know you went down last year well it wasn't 2020 it wasn't an election year right there was there was no one running for congress so i think there's some opportunities in that space that i've been looking at um as well so um yeah yes. i mean i think i think uh 2024 you know for me you know i don't know if you've heard of the golden year before what that means but like you know like your age the day you were born right um like if you're born on the 15th right you're your fifteenth year of life is your golden year, right? It's supposed to be the best year of your life. What 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 day of the year of the I'm, of the month I'm were you born s-
0: on? I'm November sixteenth. So
1: okay, so you're so when you turned sixteen, like you know that was that's supposed to be your best year, right?
0: It was pretty good. Yeah,
1: yeah. I, had a okay. dec- I had a decent year. <laughs> okay,
0: but there's only thirty one days. So what do what do we do?
1: Yeah so no one you know no one everyone's every, everyone's best year of their life is before they're 31 uh, yeah, right? so <laughs> like <laughs> I'm thinking this it? it's, all down, like, it's all downhill it's all downhill after I didn't
0: that. realize that I thought <laughs> I thought I thought it got better oh man
1: Oh nah, well well, well,
0: well um, anyway so so my my birthday is oh,
1: guess I'm, my my birthday's on the 24th okay so I'm hoping 2024 will be you know my second golden year of my life oh, so I mean <laughs>
0: Oh my, that is hilarious, dude. Oh my, what if I did like a combined like 11 plus 16? Okay, so then 37 and I could do twenty thirty-seven. Maybe I'll just do that.
1: You know, whatever works, you know, have a positive spin, you know, I, th- I think as a, you know, especially as a microcap investor, I, I think you kind of have to have a positive spin on things, right? Um, at least as a, I'll tell you this, as an executive, as a microcap, ex- as any executive, like you have to be positive. You have to be, you know, pushing the team forward, Right. Totally. Like, like being happy, being pos- have positive outlooks. Right. Cause that's, that's what you're going towards. Um, you know, a turnaround CEO, I think is very different. Right. Mm-hmm. Like they, they have, they're the ones who are like, Hey man, like we're here and we're here to like make stuff right. Right. Mm-hmm. And so um, anyway, I mean, it's a, I would say, you know, if you're a short seller, obviously it's a different story, but um, yeah, I mean, let's, let's, let's look for a positive 2024. Um, you know, hopefully, again like everyone's all feeling comfortable which you know to me makes you feel like well you know does that you know what's going to cause what can cause that to change right like you're always like pessimistic like somewhat optimistic but also somewhat pessimistic as well to see like hey like what things what can turn things but um but yeah i mean 2024 let's let's hope it's a good year let's hope you know everyone you know lots of jobs are created you know there's yeah. lots of money in the economy things of that sort lower interest rates i think you know always help everything like you know everything like everything becomes new around you right new buildings get built new stuff gets bought new cars get bought you know like interest rates being low i think people forget how much of a how much of an effect that really has on the world and personally for me i don't really see anything wrong with low interest rates as long as inflation isn't high so let's hope let's hope that you know gets slower uh, lowered as well too. And, uh, you know, an amazing, amazing year ahead. And, you know, let's, let's keep it up to the decade. Like let's, let's, let's not stop at 24. Let's go to 2030. I'm cool. I'm cool.
0: (laughs) I'm cool with like, you know, short term, just a good decade. That'd be nice. Um, good year, maybe good five years, you know, but, uh, I think we said it all, man. I, you know, look, I'm sure you'll be back on a couple of times throughout the year to talk on, you know, maybe there's some crazy news and micro caps that like I'll have to get your take on things. But, you know, I think that, I think we've done a good, uh, you know, recap of 2023, looking ahead to 2024 and, you know, what's exciting for you and what you're hoping to see. So, I mean, Sam, with that, where can our audience go and find more information to follow you on social media on Twitter X or whatever. And, uh, and also with Bridgewood Investments.
1: Yeah, um, you can go to our website for Ridgewood Investments, RidgewoodInvestments.com. Yep. You can email me Sam at RidgewoodInvestments.com. Twitter, I am Snamiri. Or sorry, X. I am Snamiri um, at Snamiri. Um, yeah, I think that's uh, and you know keep following Bobby's podcast. You know, hope hope to be here. Hope, hopefully, invites me a few more times this year. And, uh, you know, hopefully I can see everyone in Vegas as well, too.
0: Heck, yeah. No, I'm stoked to see in Vegas. This is always fun. Sam. Always a pleasure, man. We got we to gotta go hang out, dude. I, we're in the same city. We haven't seen each other in a minute.
1: So, yeah, but, uh, but you moved a little bit to the outskirts. I know. So.
0: <laughs> I, I, I might as well be in another
1: state at this point. Um, <laughs> but, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll probably see you more in Vegas than I do in LA. <laughs> <laughs>
0: well, good stuff, Sam. Always appreciate it. Good luck. Stay safe.
1: And I look forward to uh, seeing you soon, all right? You too. Be healthy and have you a too. prosperous 2024. You too. Take care.
0: podcast.